Hello and welcome to Mosaic Life Church's podcast. We believe that everyone can find hope and healing in Christ. My name is Jack Gonzalez, the lead pastor here at Mosaic. and We hope that you enjoy today's message and you're blessed by it. At the end of the message, I'll share some contact information with you. If you do have any further questions, you can connect with us. Have a blessed day. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you're doing all the way across our church, God. Father, from the young to the old to the next generation, thank you for all that you're doing, God. God, and those who are brand new to the faith and those who have been walking with you for many, many years, thank you for all that you are doing, Father. We can see your hand. And now as we get into your word, we just ask your blessing. God, bring it alive. Speak to us. Minister to us. Help us to understand the context and what it means for us today, Lord. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just go out and, and do a wonderful work in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen, amen. Now, get starting here. If And I told you we're going to be in Judges 6 so that you know that you're ready to go there in just a little bit. But if I were to sit down and have a conversation with you, and maybe we're sitting down at a coffee shop and we're having a one-on-one conversation, or maybe we're at dinner and we're across the table and we're, we're talking, and I sit down and I say, hey, what is a place of peace for you? What is, it, what is it that in your life brings you peace? Or maybe it's a place that you go that when you go to that place, you walk away and you leave and your mind and your heart is at peace. What is that place for you? You know, for me, it's, there's a couple of different areas, but one of them is the ocean. I have a picture here that I want you to see. But I go there, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll sit, I'll stand, and I'll stare at the beach, I'll stare at the waves, and there's something about it that in those moments, God brings healing. He brings healing. He brings newness. He takes away everything and just gives me a place of peace. I, free, I feel re-energized. I feel refocused, and I'm able to do whatever it is that God needs me to do. And if I were to ask you the question, how important is peace, what would you say? Probably very important, right? Peace, peace within yourself, peace in your home, peace in your relationships, peace between you and God. Peace is a powerful thing. I mean, if I were to come to you and say, well, here's a million dollars or here's peace, what would you take? I hope you would take peace. Today, we're going to dive into a passage of Scripture where where I believe we learn about true peace, I think the kind of peace that is often overlooked. And again, as I mentioned, it's in Judges chapter 6. And what's happening here is the people of God, well, they've turned their hearts and backs to God again. They're all over the place. They started worshiping false idols and false gods, and they've gotten to all kinds of things that they shouldn't have been. And, and they're in a very, very particular tough moment. And church, we could all be reminded that God disciplines those he loves, doesn't he? You see, the people of God are in a really tough place. In fact, it is so, so tough what they're going through that they've left their home and they're hiding in caves. You see, the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the eastern people have come and they have come and camped on their land, devastating their crops. So they pitch their tents on top of their crops. They take in their, their sheep and their cattle and their goats. And they completely, they have ruined their economy completely. The people are devastated. But there is something about hitting rock bottom that makes you look up. And the people are in such a rock bottom that they, they, they finally cry out to God. They finally look to where they should have been looking the whole time. 
And God sends them a prophet and tells them, this is what's been going on in your life. This is why it's been going on in your life. Would you turn back to me? And the people are still in this place of confusion. And so the angel of the Lord shows up and he speaks to a man named Gideon. And this is where we see it in verse 11 here. We're going to read verses 11 through 24. It says this, and the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak, right, the oak tree in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abzirite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Could you imagine this? He's in a wine press where you would make wine, but he's actually threshing, threshing wheat. Why? Because he's hiding it. This is the conditions that they're living in. This is how bad things are for them. And the angel of God speaks to him. It's here in this moment. Verse 12. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And verse 13. Pardon me, my Lord? Gideon's like, who's the mighty warrior? You mean, you know, you're talking to me? I'm a mighty warrior? It's like he came to you and said, mighty warrior. And you're like, oh, Me? You, yes, you. Sometimes you need to understand what God sees in you and stop looking at what the world has told you about yourself. What does God say that you are? And Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? Isn't that just like the question that many people ask in the world? Well, God, if you love me, then why am I going through all of this? I mean, I, we were, I mean, why? I mean, uh, uh, you know, and we'll get to that place where we really struggle with a lot of things. God, if, if, if you're really a God of love, then why are all these, why does all these bad things happen in the world? And we're missing the fact and the power and the influence of sin and how it devastates the things around you. How it devastates this world. And, and then Gideon says this, where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt, right? We talked about all the, the, the ten plagues and the, and the power of the Lord and opening the Red Sea and all of those things. It says this, but now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Oh, my brother Gideon. So you thought that you could stay in your sin and God was just going to continue to bless you. You thought that you could just continue in that lifestyle, and the Lord was just going to go, blessing, 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 and you just stay in that. Nah, that's not how it works, my brother. That's not how it works. See, one thing about God is that he is so consistent. It's us who are up and down. We're like all this. We're the roller coaster, right? But God, he's like this, and he loves us. And see, what's happened here with the people of God, and I have a diagram, a, a chart that I want you to see here. I want you to check this out here. But this is what's happening with the people. See, the people are in this place of apostasy. What does that mean? What they do is they do evil in the sight of the Lord. There's the right thing to do, but they don't do that. No, they, they do the, the evil thing in the sight of the Lord. And so they move over to servitude. What's that? God allows a nation to, to conquer them and oppress them. So what happens? They're disciplined. I tell you this, God will discipline those he loves. Why? Because he doesn't like you? No. He does it because he wants you to look up and get back into right connection. Get back into right standing. Stop doing the things that have turned your heart in another direction. But look up. Come back to this place. And so we go into servitude. And then when we're finally at rock bottom, we come to supplication. The people cry out to God. 
I'm sorry for everything that I've done, everything that I've made it. Would you forgive me? Would you take me back? Would you save me? And then God steps in, swoops in, and salvation. And, and the people of God are in this constant, constant cycle where, they're, where they, 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 they're in apostasy. They do the wrong thing before the Lord. And then God disciplines them. And then they hit rock bottom and they finally look up. And then God saves them. And then they do the wrong thing. And then God disciplines them. And then they hit rock bottom and they finally look up and then God saves them. And they are in this cycle, this cycle. And they don't understand how devastating the cycle. And throughout this cycle, you don't see the patience of the Lord. You don't see the love of the Lord. You don't see the compassion of the Lord. Because He loves His people dearly and deeply. That's why He allows you to, to, to go through this instead of just, 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 just giving it to you rough. What does He do? He allows you to come to a place where you'll finally look up. Why? What does He want? What does God want? He wants your heart and your mind turned back to Him. He wants your lifestyle to honor Him. He wants your heart to, to really desire Him above everything else. That's what He wants for each and every one of us. And here's what's happening here with the people of God. So, so when Gideon says in verse 13, in verse 13, he says, Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, then why has all of this happened to us? The Lord always wants to be with His people. But it's our sin that blocks us from a relationship, and very carefully, I want you to understand this, a relationship of peace between you and God, a you and a holy God. I told you, God's consistent. God's like this. He's like, he's listening. I love you. My arms are open. I love you. Come on home. And we're like inconsistent. We're up. We're down. We're high. We're at the high. Woo, God is good. Yes, he's good. I want to stay faithful. And then we, we drop. God's like, my arms are still open. What is God's desire? God's desire that you would come and be welcome into his loving arms. And God's like, just stay, just stay. Don't leave. Don't be distracted by that thing. Just, just stay here. It's good, isn't it? It's good. Yeah, that's right. It is good. Just stay here. Stay in my loving arms. Be consistent. I love you. Everything that you can possibly imagine or wish or desire, I got it for you. Stop looking over there. Trust me, that's fool's full gold. And God will tell you. And he's like, my arms are open. And God stays this way. He stays this way before us. And Gideon is learning this. Verse 14, it says this, The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Verse 15, Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least of my family. You need to get out of that thinking right now. Oh, I, 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 Lord, you know I can't. I can't do it, you know. Get out of those insecurities. Get out of those doubts. Allow the Lord to break those chains and to free you from those things. Stop looking in the mirror and saying, I don't like what I see. Stop, stop, get, get, get out of that. Break free from that in the name of Jesus. Call on the name of Jesus and allow him to free you from those things. Verse 16, it says this, the Lord answered, and I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Why can you overcome? Because he is with you. 
He is with you. You need to let that sink in because the Lord God Almighty, creator of the heaven and earth, is with you. Not to do the wrong thing, but to walk into the fullness of the things that God has for you. To overcome the attacks of the enemy. To stand firm in your faith. To not be shaken. To live out what, what, what God is trying to do in your life transformatively. He, he wants to do this thing that is powerful in you. And then it, and it says this in 17. Gideon replied, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please don't go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. Gideon went inside prepared a young goat, and from an ephah, which is about 36 pounds or about 16 kilos of flour, he made a bread without yeast. What's bread without yeast? Bread that hasn't, it hasn't, it hasn't, it hasn't risen, hasn't increased, right? It's not fluffy. It's, it's more hard, the crackerish type, almost like we do communion. We're going we're gonna to do communion here in just a few minutes. He says, he prepared all these things, put it together, and he brought them out and offered them to him under the oak tree. Verse 20. Then the angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread and place them on this rock and pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread with the tip of a staff that was in his hand. Fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread. And the angel of the Lord disappeared. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Alas! Sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Listen, this wasn't, this wasn't like, oh my goodness, how awesome the angel of the Lord was here. This wasn't that. See, biblically speaking and culturally speaking, this was at a place like, I can't believe what I just saw. Oh no, I'm ruined. This was a place of biblical healthy fear. Why? Because Gideon would have understood what happened between God and Moses in Exodus 33, verse 20, 33, 20 says this, but he said, you cannot see my face, God tells him, for no one may see me and live. Was Gideon a coward? No. He had something supernatural take place in his life. And this is the kind of fear that the Bible exhorts to have this deep reverence for God and a desire to please him. And so in verse 23, the angel of the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid. You're not going to die. You're not going to die, Gideon. He doesn't mean that you're never going to die in life because we all take a last breath. Every single one of us will take a last breath in this life. That's not what he's telling Gideon. He's saying, Peace to you because you have seen the angel of the Lord and you will not die. Biblically and culturally speaking, this was a significant deal for Gideon. So in verse 24, Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, the Lord is peace. To this day, it stands in Oprah of the Abiez, Abiezrites. Abiezrites, I, I butchered that. Appreciate that. <laughs> Feel the love. <laughs> But Gideon builds an altar to the Lord. It's something that has not been happening in this people in this time. 
In fact, all the worship had been going to these idols. Everything had been, had been sacrificed to things that were false, to things that were demonic, to things that were not of God. And the people have been in this constant sin of cycle and salvation with God. And here it is, God, he's speaking to Gideon, and he reveals himself to Gideon and to all of us as Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. Jehovah Shalom. Now, you may have heard of Shalom before. Maybe somebody's come and said, Shalom, my brother. Shalom, my sister. You say it back, and, 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 it, and it means peace. Shalom. But God here introduces himself as Jehovah Shalom. And in this sense, he means to make peace with humanity. And then he can become Jehovah Shalom that brings peace to your storms of life. But it, it first begins right here. The people were in sin. They worshipped everything but God. They trusted everything but God. They gave to everything but God. They served everything but God. And in James chapter 4, verse 4, the Bible says, the Bible says this, you adulterers, adulterers. Are you familiar with the word adulterer? You can think of that in the context of a marriage covenant. Right? A man and a woman, they stand before you and say, I, I vow and I commit to you that before the Lord and before our loved ones, I do and I will be faithful to you. And, and, and the other says, well, I be faithful to you. I commit. And it's, it's a holy matrimony, something designed by God. There is a covenant made between two people. And, and right here, the word of God is saying adulterer, not into the marriage. He is saying to the people of God. Another word for adulterer might be cheater. Cheater. He's saying, you've cheated on me. You've cheated on God. How? Your heart has been somewhere where it doesn't belong. Instead of being here, it's over here in this area. It's got distracted. Your desires are somewhere else. And he says, adulterer, because you have broken the covenants between you and God. God has come before you and he says, I will be your God. I will be your father. I will be your provider. I will be your healer. I will be your sustainer. I'll be your way maker. I'll do all these wonderful things in your life. And the covenant has been broken. And so he says, adulterer. You know, this is James. This is the half-brother of Jesus. This is, the, at the time, the leader of the Jerusalem church. This, this, this brother, this, this little book that he has is it's packed with power. And he, and he says this, you adulterers. And then he says this, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? He says, I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be standing across the battlefield of God. Wait, me and God? Okay, uh... But we don't realize the context and the way that the Bible explains it. You got, you got to understand this. Listen, here's what I want you to understand. Here's what I want you to understand. Most don't desire to be an enemy of God. But in a sinful lifestyle, that's exactly what you are. That's exactly what you are. Standing across from God. Right, a cheater, an adulterer, an enemy of God. This is where the people of God were at. This is what was happening to them. 
So some people say, well, you know, I, I didn't know that before I came to the Lord. I, I mean, I can't really be counted as an adulterer because I had just come to the Lord. I didn't know about that before. Well, yeah, maybe you're not an adulterer, but then you're an enemy. You're still an enemy. Coming to Christ is what frees you from that. Here's the good news. You ready for the good news? Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says, to, it says this, for us, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. What does it say? Prince of Peace. Jesus is what? Prince of Peace. He, Jesus is what? Prince of Peace. That's right. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, meaning that through faith in Jesus Christ, peace is made between you and God. Meaning the enemy tag is taken off of you. Because through your faith in Jesus Christ, he no longer says enemy. He says child. He says friend. The lover of my soul. Enemy tag is, is taken off and now there is peace between you and God. And so when he shows up with Gideon and he reveals himself as Jehovah Shalom. There has been peace between him and Gideon. And it's in that peace that God can become your Jehovah Shalom and whatever storm of life and whatever it is that you're dealing with, whatever is going on, it's him that can come and quiet the waters. It's him that can come and, and, and shut the fire down, that can make everything calm, that can bring a peace that surpasses all understanding. You see in Romans chapter 5 verse 1, the Bible says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The relationship issues between us and God are resolved. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. But here's what I want us to understand and what is so important for every believer to get. I want us to look here at verses 25 through 27a. It says this. That same night, and again, this is the Lord with Gideon. That same night, the Lord said to him, Take the second bull from your father's herd and the seven and, and one seven years old. We will get our, our, our um, ushers ready with communion, please. Take the second bull from your father's herd and one seven years old. Tear down your father's altar to Baal. And cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on top of this height. Using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down, offer the second bull as a burnt offering. So Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord told him. Jehovah Shalom makes peace with Gideon and then tells him, to get to work. This is so important that you understand this. He makes peace with him and then tells him to get to work. What kind of work? What kind of work? Go to war against who you should be fighting. This is so important. There are so many Christians that just say, well, well, I, I've made my peace with God, and, and now that's it. It's just time for me to kick up my feet and live the good old life. It's time for me just to, just, just to relax, just, just to rest in God. And God's like, listen, I made peace with you so that you can go make war with who you should be fighting. 
We cannot just be, well, well, God, yeah, he did it in me and I'm forgiven and that's it. No, I got work to do now. I know who I'm in the ring with. I know who I'm fighting now. I know who God has called me to. I, I, I got to, I got to. You see that boxing ring there? That's you. Some people just take the peace of God, but you don't realize that that's you. Here's what you need to understand. You're not in that ring by yourself. If you love the Lord and the Lord God Almighty is with you, what you need to understand is his angels are with you in that ring. And you need to understand that greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So you're in the ring and it seems like you're alone, but you're not. The angels of the Lord are with you and God is with you. And who's been hitting you in the shadows and you haven't seen him? Oh yeah, he's been getting you your whole life. He's been getting you, ducking in the shadows, not revealing himself. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, now identify your enemy. See, Jehovah Shalom reveals himself and makes peace with you. But not so that you can just, you know, so we, we, we could talk about the ten ways to live the good old life. No, so that you can fight your enemy. And learn to stand firm in your faith and not be shaken. And walk into the things that the Lord God Almighty has for you. You know what Gideon did? He went and he tore down the altar of Baal. You understand? There are some things that you need to go and tear down. You got to tear him down. He went and he tore down the altar of Baal that his father had built. Even though his father built it, he still needed to tear it down. That's what God was asking of him. Tear it down. He goes to the Asherah pole and begins to cut it down and chop it down. Get rid of everything in every area that has entangled your heart and taken you away and has received your worship and received your serving and received your gener and received all these areas of your life. Tear it down. Burn it. And in that place, build an altar to the Lord. In that place, praise the Lord God Almighty. Give Him glory. Give Him glory. Here, I wanted to make it a little bit more simple here. Here's three, three things here. Number one, identify where the enemy has been. Identify where he's been. Where has he been? Oh, where has he been? Oh, you know, you know that area of your life. Well, can I just love the Lord and yeah, and, and, and but do all these other things on the side? What are those things on the side? Identify them. And number two, I want you to make war, make war. What does it mean to make war? Call Satan out. Listen, stop looking for, for, for a devil with, a, with, with, with horns and a pitchfork. He's coming to take you out, brothers and sisters. But you are called to stand firm in your faith. Make war. Pick a fight. Oh, well, you know, Pastor, I've, I've been taught my whole life to not be picking any fights. I hear that. But pick a fight with Satan. The thing is, as I told you before, he's been fighting you your whole life. Hitting you in the shadows, you not knowing why you're going through what you're going through, why you're dealing with what you're dealing with. All these things have been happening. Pick a fight. You're not alone. The angels of the Lord God Almighty are with you and He is with you. And lastly, worship God in that place. Brothers, can you, can you bring the communion out? You see, in my early days of being a Christian I did not get this. I didn't get it. 
I just thought it was all about worshiping God and loving his people. And it is. But I didn't understand in order to do that successfully and consistently that I was going to have to get into the fight. See, I can, I can love the Lord God Almighty and I could love his people, but I'm going to be like this unless I fight. God's going to stay consistent. He's like this. He says, my child, my arms are open. Why are you up and down like this? Well, the reason why you're up and down like this is because you just want to be comfortable in your salvation and stay there instead of getting in the fight and putting up your hands and, and, and cutting down those Asherah poles and tearing down those altars of Baal and getting in the fights. You can't be this comfortable Christianity. It can't, it can't be this American gospel. If you can't, it can't be that. It's got to be word of God. It's got to be what he's calling us to do. You got, our eyes got to open. Our, our minds got to open. Our hearts got to be open. And you got to put your hands up. We're not fighting flesh and blood, but we are fighting principalities of darkness. We are fighting somebody who wants to take us out. But in Jesus' name, we well overcome. In Jesus' name. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and we thank you for your presence and we thank you for your holy word. There is so much for us to be grateful to you for. Oh, Father, would you bless these communion elements? Thank you, Lord, for what they mean. Thank you for your broken body. Thank you for your blood that was spilt. May we never forget, Lord Jesus, what you've done for us. And Father, you sending the Son. And Jesus, you leaving us the Holy Spirit. They, may we never forget. If there's anybody here this morning and you say, hey, the truth is, I haven't really been walking right with God, but I want to turn it all around. Today, I want to follow him. Whether you used to and you want to come back or maybe it's for the first time, but you say, I want to follow. I want to be a Christ follower. If he can forgive me for all my sin, then I want to be forgiven. But I want to follow the Lord Jesus. If that's you, would you quickly just put up your hand and then down. I see your hand. Anybody, I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. The angels in heaven are rejoicing. God has the power to forgive you right now. Father, forgive us. Forgive us for our sin, our mistakes. Forgive us for our iniquity. Forgive us for the wrong things we've done. We come before you. Forgive us. Forgive us. The Bible tells us that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that we will be saved. Father, do your wonderful work in our lives. Transform us, heal us, set us free. Give us the gift of eternal life and help us to walk in your righteousness, to walk in your love, God, to, to learn about your holiness, to learn, God, about your sanctification process in our life. God, help us. Bless my brothers and sisters today. Bless your house and bless these elements in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, Pastor Jack here. I hope you enjoyed today's message and were blessed by it. If you did have any questions or prayer requests or wanted to connect with us further, I did want to share with you our email address. You can certainly find more information about us at mosaiconline.org. If it's in Spanish, mosaiconline.org slash ES. Um, but you can also email us here. You can email us at helpdesk at mosaiconline.org. That's helpdesk, H-E-L-P, D-E-S-K, help desk 
at mosaiconline.org. And you can send your message to us right there. We'd love to connect with you. That messages will get forwarded over to me and our team, our pastors, our staff. And we would love to help you and pray with you and come alongside you. God bless you.